This is News Today with WDW News Today. I'm Tom Corliss of WDWNT.com. Please like this video, subscribe, and hit the notifications bell to make sure you never miss the latest from the Disney theme parks all around the world. And we'll be talking about a majority of those parks around the world today. Uh, here now the news for September 11th, 2023. And of course, all of our news for the most part is going to be from Destination D23, where Josh DeMauro, the chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products, talked about the future uh, with several major announcements for not just Walt Disney World, but again, those Disney parks and resorts and Disney Cruise Line, all those destinations around the world. Let's get into it. And uh, I know this will be a little different from what news today usually is because we're kind of combining what news today is where we're going to bring you the news. But also I know many people have asked what are the thoughts on a number of these things that were announced. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of misinformation out there. And I want to clarify um, for a number of reasons, right? I think I've seen several other, you know, we talked about last week how people uh, sort of took the Honest Review name from us and everyone now slaps Honest Review on their reviews. Um, uh, the other thing that I've now seen is rant. The word rant has been stolen by several other Disney uh, YouTube news outlets. Um, and so uh, I have to take my territory back. But I'm probably not going to rant about what you think. So this is a little bit of a, of a Tom rant video. It's a little bit of an honest review. And it's definitely news today. So it's a little combination of everything I do here on the YouTube channel all in one. But let's, let's get to it. Uh, if you couldn't tell by my shirt and this handsome fellow right here, a new Pirates of the Caribbean Tavern is being developed for Magic Kingdom, featuring the return of Peg Leg Pete, also known as the Barker Bird that was once, sta once stationed outside of the attraction. Of course, he was out there from 1973 when the ride opened until 2006 when they added Jack Sparrow and other elements from the film series. The new experience will bring a Pirates-themed lounge space to Adventureland in the Magic Kingdom, extending the story of the attraction and bringing back Peg Leg Pete. Previously, the parrot again used to greet guests at the entrance of the ride, and they took him down for that new marquee when they put the mast and everything up at that time. Imagineers are currently in the design process for this new experience, and more details are set to come in the future. Um, they didn't even say exactly where this is. My theory is it's definitely in the Pirates League space. You may remember there was a kids' makeover area um, adjacent to Caribbean Plaza, the shops in there. Uh, what is it? Plaza del Sol Carib, I think is the name of that. Um, that was in there, and that closed um, a couple years ago already, and that space just kind of sat there. That being said, there's also Tortuga Tavern, which is generally underutilized across the way. We'll have to wait and see which space it's going to be. But either way, this is... Um, you know, and the theme of this is going to be the we're turning things around, right? After D23 Expo last year, I sat here and I said there were there were several announcements that convinced me that things were turning around quality-wise and that Disney was going to again show that they cared about what fans and what their audience wanted, right? And we said that when they threw when they said they were going to throw the harmonious barges away and build a new show, when they threw out Disney Enchantment and put Happily Ever After back, when they said we we're going to get a figment meet and greet. These were all things that convinced me that we were heading in the right direction. This is another one of those announcements that convinces me we're in the right direction, right? We're developing more dining, or we don't know if there'll be food necessarily, but another air-conditioned space where people can get a drink and cool off and relax in a park that where the dining spaces are generally very overwhelmed. This is great. And on top of that, not only are we fulfilling a guest need, we're doing something for fans. I will tell you, second only to Figment, 
I love this guy. This is my second favorite Disney character of all time. I love him. I'll never forget when I was a kid, my parents bought me, not this, this is the newer plush. But when I was a kid, there was a plush on a, on a, he's on a perch, and it's still in my childhood bedroom hanging from the window. Um, and I loved it, and I always loved him. I think he's great. Mark Davis designed this character, because God, Mark Davis was the best. Uh, I also designed these characters, too. We'll talk about them in a minute. Um, that we're get again, they're like, we're gonna do this space, but then you know what? We should bring back this 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 character only existed at Walt Disney World. He's part of the fabric of this park. This is a thing that probably should have been done for the 50th, right? The 50th anniversary that management at that time didn't try or, or care about. This this was a thing that shows a, a reverence for your history. This is great. So it'll be something that every guest can enjoy. And then for those of us who who appreciate the the deeper meaning and the history of the place. And, and for some of you, you may, maybe you never got to see him there. And this will be a really cool thing. This is tremendous. I'm very excited. Also, that concept art is definitely inspired by several pieces of original Mark Davis concept art for Pirates of the Caribbean, which, again, shows that love, that reverence for your history, that connective tissue back to your roots. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now we're going to talk about a really interesting one, the Country Bear Jamboree. A brand new show will soon be debuting at Grizzly Hall in Frontierland in the Magic Kingdom. The original Country Bear Jamboree show that debuted back in 1971 will be replaced by the Country Bear Musical Jamboree in 2024. The company announced this at Destination D23 as well. The Country Bear Musical Jamboree will be inspired by the uh, musical reviews of Nashville, and we'll see the Bears reimagine classic Disney songs in different genres of country music, according to Disney. A video showcasing a country-inspired reinterpretation of the Bear Necessities from the Jungle Book was shown to the audience. And uh, though the content of the show will change, the beloved characters that have become synonymous with the Country Bear Jamboree will not, except for one change, which is Liverlips McGrawl, uh, liver lips is kind of a racial slur, not kind of, I'm trying to soften the story a little bit. Um, it definitely is. And, um, if you've met the character of Magic Kingdom, asked for an autograph, he has not been signing his liver lips McGraw for a couple of years already. So this is not terribly exciting. He will now be Romeo McGraw, but he will still continue to exist. Romeo McGraw also, interestingly, this like playboy thing very much plays into the liver lips character as it existed in the other Country Bear shows. I don't know if people remember this, but in uh, Vacation Hoedown, uh, Liverlips became Elvis, an Elvis impersonator, and the Sunbonnets, Bunny Bubbles and Beulah, would fawn over him as if they were girls at an Elvis concert. Um, so, again, reverence for your, your history and your past, right? Uh, Disney wrote that the same famous characters will appear in the new version of the attraction with the Country Bear Musical Jamboree poster featuring Henry, Big Al, Trixie, and many others that we know and love. A show featuring Disney music, of course, if you've been watching news today, you may remember there was an episode where we talked about Tokyo Disneyland removing the seasonal shows from the schedule, and I talked about this at length, that in 2018, um, Ethan Reed, former Imagineer, uh, was working on a new version of the Country Bears for Japan. Oriental Land Company ordered this show, um, and it was a show where the Bears would perform Disney music. Tokyo Disneyland decided not to go forward with that project because the sales of the large plush country bears that were introduced at that time went so well that they decided to take a step back 
and let the show continue on as it has had been. Meanwhile, at Walt Disney World, under you know Bob Chapek management at the time at Parks and Resorts, decided they would replace the Country Bear Jamboree with that Toy Story Woody's Roundup marionette show that Disney still denies to this day, by the way. For those of you who don't know the full story, basically WWNT, we put our entire livelihood and careers on the line to let people know about that project early and stop it from happening. And so many people in our audience wrote letters called Disney, emailed, whatever the case may be, that Chapek pulled the plug on it instantly and they went on the defensive and said it never existed. But what actually happened was that show was canceled and immediately Ethan was called back in and they said, hey, remember that Disney music show we drew up for Japan? Why don't we try to develop that for Florida? And so in 2019, when all this went down, they started to redevelop that show. The problem is in March of 2020, again, Bob Chapek comes into play. You may remember they furloughed and fired a majority of Walt Disney Imagineering, Ethan being among those people and many others that were working on this project. That stalled this until now. And so now they are finally moving on to this. And funny thing, Ethan posted on Instagram, finally admitting to all this, and, and said actually the first time he pitched it was back in 2004, which again, the proof that um, you know ideas never go away at Walt Disney Imagineering. Um, so this has been a wild road, right, from, from our involvement in saving the country bears, the fact that they still exist is, is our fault at this point. Um, and so now here we are where Disney is like, well, we're not going to replace the country bears, but we are going to change the country bears. And I know uh, I've been messaged by, it feels like, dozens, if not hundreds of people since this announcement was made on Saturday. And, and people know my affinity for the bears, and obviously, you know, we are intrinsically connected to them after having that whole, you know, war with, with Chapek and associates over them. Um, and I think people are expecting a rant from me. Uh, you're, you're not getting one. Let's, let's, you know, history is key. History is important in this situation. Let's examine the history of the Country Bear Jamboree. The original show debuts at Walt Disney World in 1971, exists for 15 years, and is then replaced by the Country Bear Vacation Hoedown. That runs at Walt Disney World from 1986 to 1991. So for five years, the original show does not exist. In California, in 86, they switch to that show, and that remains. They keep the vacation show through the end of the, the, end of the show's existence in 2001 when they closed the Country Bears forever in Anaheim to be replaced by Winnie the Pooh. So, mind you, when I was born, when I started going to Disney World, this version, the original Country Bear show, did not exist. Also, remember that that went away in, at Christmas time for the Christmas show. There's the Christmas special as well. So, there have been three very different Country Bear shows already. And if we really examine the backstory of the Bears, um, which is more illustrated in the queue in Japan, where they show you. Um, you know, photos of their, what they do in their everyday lives and, and their lives together as a traveling group of musicians. Um, there are tour posters and things with them performing um, different genres of music, their albums, their music sheets, all these things. The story of the Country Bears is they are a traveling, you know, collection of musicians. Um, and their home base is Grizzly Hall, but they do go out and play other venues in the world. Um, and so... Look, it's been 50 years, right? And there is no question that, oh, look, I love the original show. I will miss it dearly. Uh, but number one, the version at Walt Disney World that has existed for several years now is a cut-down version. We lost 
devilish Mary. They cut some of the lines out, right? We lost the fat shaming lines. Um, you know, when Trixie would be on stage, Melvin, Buff, and Max would say, uh, you know, um, that's a mighty big song, Trixie. And then Buff would go, that sure ain't all that's big, making a fat joke um, about Trixie. Um, that was cut. Mind you, if you look, fun thing to look for um, in the show. When Trixie's out, watch Melvin, Buff, and Max. They still mouth the line. So someone who was working on this was like, you know, we're getting rid of this line, but I think we should leave them at least saying it. So look up, look to the side next time you're in Country Bears when Trixie's out. You'll see the three of them have that conversation as they used to. It's just muted in this case. But getting back, it's going to be a very long show. Uh, getting back to um, what's at hand. Uh, you know, the, the Bears have performed different shows. They're musicians. They can perform other songs. I, I'm, as the kids would say, let them cook. Let the Imagineers, if we are going to believe in the future of this thing, we have to give current Imagineers a chance to continue the legacy. I firmly believe that it is possible that people could write and create a very entertaining modern country bear show. I believe in that. Um, don't get me wrong, this could debut, it could be terrible. But I at least believe in the idea that there have been three country bear shows, this has never been the only one, let's see another one. Let's see if it can be done again. And as far as people are like, are oh, you losing the original voices? The original voices weren't in the Christmas show or the vacation show either, folks. A lot of those performers had already passed away. Um, so there is a historical, you know, the, when we bring history into the conversation, it turns out this is not something new. This has been done before, and it can be done again. And look, you know, there is no doubt that in today's day and age, the liver, lips, and McGraw thing cannot continue to be a thing. You know, uh, Mama Don't Whoop Little Buford, I mean, I adore that. I love it dearly, and I will miss it. But, you know, saying you should shoot your kid, it's probably not. It's probably not a good thing for today's audience, right? Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to, to change some things. And look, in the writing of the new show, there are things that need to carry over. There are little lines. There is a lot of the fabric of the original 71 show. They can certainly still move into the new show that it makes everybody happy. Again, very similar to this, to this story we just talked about, right? Where you can build a new venue and pay homage to your history. You can write a new country bear show and you could have enough loving references to the original so that it accomplishes two things. It makes new guests happy. It brings a whole new audience to the Country Bears where people that would have never gone in there will now see like, oh, it's a bear show where they sing Disney songs. That sounds fun. And they'll go in and they'll see. And then a whole new generation of people will be introduced to the Country Bears, right? And the other side of it is those of us who love the Country Bears will get to see something new with them and there'll still be all these loving references to, to the show we know and love, right? Both of those things can be true. But the other thing that's gonna be true, if I've, I've been doing this for 16 years and I've been in this community for 20 years, the thing that's gonna be true is if we introduce the Country Bears to a whole new generation of people, what's gonna happen is what happened to the generation that's here now, the, the younger generation of Disney fans, and some of you watching may be in that generation, where you know they're gonna hear us talk about horizons and the original figment and all these things and they're going to be fascinated and curious about those things and they're going to go on the internet and they're going to watch videos of this older stuff and the bears will be one of those things people will be like i love this show what's that there was another show 
in here before, people go watch it. And the same way we talk about Horizons and Journey to Imagination and those things, I think, you know, there will be, uh, you know, give it 10, 15 years. We'll come back and we'll talk. People will be like, oh, man, I watched that old Country Bear show. That'd be cool. And maybe a couple of those songs come back down the line. And if this show doesn't work out, they can try again, right? The Bears will still be there. Like the characters, they've, they've now committed. They crossed the 50-year mark. We, we, we fought off that Toy Story marionette show, and we guaranteed the perennial, permanent existence of the country bears at Walt Disney World. The mission was accomplished, and now, now they're getting love. They're going to get a brand-new show. They're going to be shown love. They're going to fix up the animatronics. We're going to see the, the whole facility you know, revitalized, and that's a beautiful thing. That's it. Like, look, this show could be bad and I could eat my words, but at the same time, you know, I don't, I don't want to live in a world where people can make the generalization that, oh, you just, and people say this about me all the time, they're like, you just hate anything new. That's not true. It's absolutely not true. I hate anything new that's not good. That's, that's the honest truth. And so, like, look, a Toy Story marionette show made no sense. You built a Toy Story land. That, that show, if you're going to build it, belongs in Toy Story land and not replacing characters that are the only original characters that were created for Walt Disney World when it opened in 71, you know, other than the orange bird for, you know, the citrus growers. But otherwise, it was the bears. They are, they are the only original Walt Disney World thing from opening year. They're important to our history here, right? And this is, this is saying, like, we admire that history, but also this is not a museum. So we understand that the bears have to stay. It's important they stay, but they do not have to stay locked in that 1971. It's same as Haunted Mansion, right? Like, are, are you guys upset every time they update Haunted Mansion? I think the 2007 updates were great, right? And, and some things had to go to facilitate that, right? The, the staircase scene had to go. The attic had to change. And it, it, this is no different here. It's a show, so you have to change the show. So there's not like, oh, we'll keep some scenes and we'll get rid of others. And, and they might do that, right? They might very well keep lines of dialogue and maybe a song or two will even carry over. Um, we hope that you'll be coming back again. I, sh I sure as hell hope that's staying. Um, if, if you guys are watching from WDI, please, we have that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's the same thing in updating Pirates or Mansion. It's the same thing for Country Bears. Like, they need, they need some new magic too, man. So... I'm cautiously optimistic. I believe in them. I think it's a very tasteful decision in that they're like, number one, unlike Vacation Jamboree, we're not going to change genres. Like, Liverlips ain't coming out and playing rock and roll. We're not doing that. Like, let's be honest. I love Vacation Jamboree. Was it good? Probably not, but I love it. But um, this seems like they're, they're taking a more tasteful and more thoughtful approach than they even did in 86 when they made that show. Let's not forget the Christmas show had Big Al in a diaper. Like... You know, what, was he being shown the same respect there, too? Um, so let, let them cook. Let's see what these guys can do. I'm optimistic. I, you know, but the pressure is on, WDI. You have to deliver. You have to. Um, and, and everyone is going to be sitting there tapping their toe on the ground with their arms crossed in that first show. And we're going to see how you did. But um, I, I believe in you. And hopefully other people believe in you, too. Um, you know, because I'm, I'm just happy that they're here to stay and they're being shown some love. Now let's move, let's move on with our two-hour extravaganza. It won't be that long. Calm down. <laughs> Jake's sweating in the back. 
Let's talk about, all right, speaking of Haunted Mansion, let's talk about the Hatbox Ghost. He will finally materialize at the Haunted Mansion in the Magic Kingdom in late November. They announced a Destination D23. Disney shared concept art of the Magic Kingdom version of the Hatbox Ghost, where a light shines around and through the entity as he terrifies guests riding past in a doom buggy. And his head, of course, appears inside his hatbox. Disney confirmed also the Hatbox Ghost will not be the 1,000th Happy Haunt. He will leave the number at 999. They're saying he left the mansion and came back. He also isn't, and he's an unhappy haunt. So it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, so that, that was their explanation. Uh, also, the Hatbox Ghost will appear, as we know, in the endless hallway portion of the Haunted Mansion. The placement announcement was initially uh, met with a bit of pushback from Disney fans as the endless hallway scene occurs before Madame Leota delivers her incantation and asked the, the spirits to materialize. The placement was addressed at the panel as it needed to be, with it being stated the Hatbox Ghost come, comes and goes wherever he pleases. You know, poor Daniel, like Daniel Joseph, the Imagineer who, who has, is the one who developed the Hatbox Ghost for Disneyland for its return. Daniel Joseph is a saint. And my God, does this guy embody the spirit of Imagineering. I love him. But the fact that they threw him on stage and made him explain this was, was a bit much. I love you, Daniel. You're an incredible talent and an incredible man. Um, but I feel bad they made you explain this. Because we know the reasoning. It's been talked about already. They didn't want to pay to redo the electrical and everything else they had to do to put him in the spot he's in at Disneyland. The thing I'm concerned about is if you look at this concept art, the floating candle, the candelabra is not there, which, you know, I, I think people were already pretty upset that you were putting this on top of that scene. But if the floating candelabra is not there, people are going to riot. So uh, my suggestion would be to please keep the candelabra because you've already angered people and... Uh, I don't know. Let us know in the comments how you feel. It's a weird placement. I know people want Hatbox, but maybe this was not the way. Um, so there, you know, there's still some things to rant about, folks, but just not country bears. Bruce Vaughn, the chief creative officer of Walt Disney Imagining, appeared at that panel at Destination D23 as well to share some blue sky updates for Magic Kingdom. At the Celebration of Disney Parks Experiences and Products yesterday, today, and tomorrow panel, um, they did talk about that Magic Kingdom expansion that they first announced uh, at, this, at uh, excuse me, D23 Expo last year. They said the expansion project will be similar in scope to Pandora, the world of Avatar at Animal Kingdom, as well as Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios and Disneyland, and will be the biggest expansion in the history of the Magic Kingdom, dwarfing the project for New Fantasyland that happened over 10 years ago. Imagineers are, quote, looking to tell stories beyond Big Thunder Mountain, with many new offerings being considered, like attractions, restaurants, shows, and more. Again, first announced at the Expo, many new ideas were being considered. Uh, at that time, it was Coco, Encanto, and an entire realm dedicated to the Disney villains. And while some of that is still plausible, uh, Encanto would no longer be on the table for reasons we will talk about in a few moments in a different story. This is exciting, again, to be excited about. Yeah, those plans are going to revi be revised and changed, but they are absolutely moving forward with a large-scale expansion of Magic Kingdom no matter what. So whether or not the lands they announced or what happens, something big is going to happen back there. We'll take a pause from all of our Destination D23 news to tell you this program is brought to you by our official travel agent sponsor, Be Our Guest Vacations. Your dream vacation begins with Be Our Guests and their concierge team of expert vacation planners. Head on over to BeOurGuestVacations.com slash WDWNT 
And our team will design your next magical vacation from the Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resorts to the Disney Cruise Line to Adventures by Disney and more. They're also able to book unforgettable VIP tours where you and your group can experience the ultimate park day. The best part is their concierge services are 100% free, so book today. Josh Tomorrow also showed off the first look at the Lewis animatronic that will be present in the upcoming Tiana's Bayou Adventure attraction, which replaces Splash Mountain at Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resorts. The animatronic is not fully finished, but you can see the top of Lewis's head and as well a good amount of his body. Uh, here's a wider shot of Lewis's head where you can see his upper jaw and, uh, and the surrounding back of his head. He's all mechanics for now, but it won't be long until he looks like the character we all know. Lewis also has a hidden Mickey cutout in his supports. A video of the animatronic was also shared on social media, which you can watch. Uh, again, Tiana's Bayou Adventure is scheduled to open in 2024 at the Magic Kingdom and as well Disneyland Park. The Journey of Water, inspired by Moana, walkthrough attraction at Epcot will officially open on October 16th. That was announced at Destination D23 as well. And as part of the opening of Journey, in Water, a Journey of Water inspired by Moana, a Moana meet and greet is coming to Epcot and will be just steps away. Uh, this will be to the left of that main entrance. You can actually, when you walk by the construction site um, from ground level, you can see this spot. Um, there's no word on if the Animal Kingdom meet and greet will continue uh, as well. We would assume they spend a lot of money on that. It will maybe, but um, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, also, if you haven't watched it yet, please check out my honest review of the Journey of Water inspired by Moana. That is a separate video right here on the channel. Please check that out. Um, I called it the best part of the Epcot reimagining, and I stand, I stand by that. It was also announced to guests that World Celebration at Epcot will open to all in December. They will complete the project. Of course, World Celebration is part of the larger Epcot reimagining. It's kind of all that's left at this point. And World Celebration encompasses the sort of central area of the park. Um, this will include Dreamers Point, which of course will have the Walt Disney statue. Um, this includes Celebration or Communicore Hall and Communicore Plaza uh, as well, which will be an event space. We got a better look at the mural um, that we talked about a couple weeks ago here on the show. Um, but they expect all this to be done sometime in December. Finally, the walls will be gone. The new nighttime spectacular for Epcot at Walt Disney World Resort finally got its name at Destination D23. It will be called Luminous, the Symphony of Us, and it will debut on December 5th, 2023. President of Walt Disney World Resort Jeff Volley announced that the show will feature fireworks, fountains, lasers, lighting effects, and music uh, while he was on stage. Uh, Luminous, the Symphony of Us, will technically replace Epcot Forever, but serves as a permanent replacement for Harmonious, which was meant to be the permanent replacement for Illuminations, Reflections of Earth, but we all know how that went. Uh, no further details still on this show. It does carry over a little bit of the uh, naming theme of Harmonious, which the focus on us, um, and so that had some people worried, but I wouldn't be too worried. I, you know, I think they know Harmonious wasn't a huge success. Um, but we'll wait and see. I don't know much about this show. They haven't told us much. We'll have to wait and see uh, how it all turns out. Test Track is set to be reimagined at Epcot once more and will take inspiration from the original Epcot Center ride that was in that location, the World of Motion. Walt Disney World is teaming up with Chevrolet once again to reimagine the attraction, taking inspiration from the 1982 attraction, which was sponsored by the parent company of Chevrolet, General Motors. That, that, if you're keeping track at home, General Motors is the only original opening day sponsor of Epcot Center that is still there. It's the only pavilion still sponsored by its original sponsor. And actually, 
Um, I think it's the only pavilion that is sponsored at this point. Uh, anyway, Imagineers plan to bring the spirit of optimism from World of Motion to the next iteration of Test Track. In its current form, of course, guests create their own virtual concept car in the Chevrolet Design Studio before buckling up in a six-passenger SIM car to take it for a spin on the Test Track. New concept art for the reimagining was also shared with the ride vehicles getting a sleeker, updated look. We also have a better look at the, this is the responsiveness test, which in old test track would, I think they just called it to take you out for the turns. Um, you'd go up each ramp and it'd say, you know, increasing speed 10%, 20%, 30%. Um, but what you see here is a much more detailed scene uh, than what it is today, where it's kind of just flats that are painted black and projected on with lasers. Um, this looks far more detailed. More details on the reimagining will be shared in the future. I will tell you what, this is the sleeper hit announcement of D23. This is so exciting. Look, um, you know, I remember for five minutes after New Test Shark opened in 2012, I was real excited about it. And the more I wrote it, the less I liked it. I love original Test Track. It was quirky. It was very 90s Disney, which is an era we've, you know, is almost fully gone now. Really, like the last two very 90s. Uh, the last three very, well, I'll, I'll redo my words again. The last four very 90s Disney attractions that come to mind, two of them are set to close probably soon, and it's tough to be a bug and dinosaur. The other two are at Hollywood Studios, which is Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror. There, there's a very peculiar vibe that 90s Disney attractions had, and I love it because I grew up with it. Um, and old Test Track had that. New Test Track felt kind of soulless. It was a fun idea to design a car. It never really worked well. Um, but it always felt kind of soulless. They threw a lot of black paint down. And, you know, with Tron now open, the, 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 that vibe in there feels very dated. Um, I am super excited. Number one, to hear that World of Motion is being used as inspiration. Like a, a test track that, you, again, this is again, like this is, I'm going to harp on this theme this whole show. But it is, again, what can we do for all guests? And how does that, and how can we use that in a way that speaks to our hardcore super fans, right? So it is, the Chevy contract is up, it's time to renew, let's, let's reinvest in Test Track and make it a better ride for everybody. And then on the other side, they're like, you know what? World of Motion had this really inspirational ending. Let's draw upon that. That'll be great material for this for everybody, but it's something our fans will really love, that we're paying homage again to our legacy and our history which won't mean anything and it won't affect the enjoyment of the regular guest, but it sure as hell will make us a lot happier, right? And again, like what's, what's not to be excited about here? What's not to be excited about? Very, very happy and please, I am begging you Imagineers, please give us some references to Bill McKim and the two, five and seven line. Yeah, seven um, from original Tash Track. I'm, I'm begging you. Be or, Hell, if you're, if you're bringing a pre-show back, can we bring uh, him back? He's still acting. He, he hosts a game show now, right? He hosts some game show. I'm talking to Jake in the back. But, but um, is, it, is it John Michael Higgins? Is that his? John Michael Higgins. He's still acting. He's a tremendous actor. Uh, oh, yeah, Pitch Perfect. I know him from Best in Show, but he was in Pitch Perfect also. But... If you want to bring Bill McKim and Sherry back in a new pre-show, man, that would be incredible. I would be over the moon. I know that's just me asking for it, but you know, either way, I think this new direction and the world of motion homage 
is, is a, it's a tremendous direction to go in. This is exciting, exciting stuff. Speaking of exciting stuff, the new Figment meet and greet debuted on Sunday inside the Imagination Pavilion at Epcot. That was announced at Destination D23. Also, Destination D23 attendees got to be the first to meet him, not at that actual meet and greet spot in Imageworks, but actually over at World Showplace during a special event at Epcot on Saturday night. I actually got to be the second guest ever to meet Figment. It was a big moment for me. I was very emotional. Um, and I know so, I met so many of you there who, who um, took photos and video of me meeting Figment. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but getting back to where he is actually going to be every day, which debuted on Sunday at Imageworks, um, the backdrop features a, a vivid set featuring vibrant shades of blue, orange, purple, and yellow. It even features the Dreammobile being piloted by Dreamfinder, a nod to the original attraction that existed from 1983 to 1998. This backdrop is actually the moment of the original ride that is most burned into my brain. It is the hand-drawn animation um, that was projected as you went past the mural at the load area. You turn the corner and the one little spark music would start to come in. And then this, just this silhouette of the Dreammobile would fly across the sky in this little animated vignette. And I, oh, I'm, it's so cool to see it back in the building where it belongs. Very cool. But there's another reference to the original attraction present in the form of an animation on the set's right side. The video, which was present towards the finale of the original attraction, is roughly 30 to 45 second loop and is surrounded by the words inspire, explore, create, dream, and imagine. You may remember those were all also parking lot names at Epcot for many years. Um, that, so there's a lot of Epcot love here, a lot of love. There's also a tall paintbrush that leans against the box surrounding the backdrop. Some, I mean, the box surrounding the backdrop is a holdover from the Wreck-It Ralph meet and greet. We do have to say that, but they did a nice job beyond that. Neon lights that look like brush strokes adorn the facade and lead to the brush's tip, which also changes color. And Figment wears his trademark yellow sweatshirt with red striping on the neck and sleeves as seen on his animatronic in uh, both versions of the attraction. that have Both good versions of the attraction that have existed. Let me rephrase that again. The one great version and the okay version of the attraction that have existed and not the bad middle version. The character does not sign autographs uh, as of now and said they're giving out autograph cards. Uh, which we were provided. Guests, although, do get to hug Figment, which is probably all that matters. The autograph card features the same background as the meet and greet itself, sans the Dreammobile, and the Imagination Institute logo is on the back, which is probably my only gripe that that takes us out of the original, you know, attraction, but nonetheless. You can watch us meet Figment right here on the channel. Um, I saw some people were upset about this. Some people are like, oh, it's just a, it's just a costume character. Meanwhile, like, how many people lined? This had a five and a half hour wait on Sunday. At the event on Saturday night, the line wrapped around all of World Showplace. Um, this is, as I said months ago, we are at the, the beginning of the resurgence, right? Like, and, and it's important to note that there may not be a lot of upper, upper management in the company that believes in this character and believes that ride deserves to be remade, right? But there are people there is park management that is fighting very hard for what we believe in. And they believe the same. They are people that love this character like we do. They fought to get that popcorn bucket made, and they fought to make this meet and greet happen. And this is a beautiful thing. And if anything, this five and a half hour line shows again that they were right. That it is, it's time. Josh, it's time. Daddy Josh, if you're watching, 
We, we've, we've shown you we're buying the merchandise. We're in line for the meet and greet. We bought the popcorn bucket. We all, some of us own two of them. You know, it's time. This character, everything does not have to be based on a movie. And I know they believe that, right? Because these guys are not based on movies and they're coming back or they're getting new shows, right? I know they believe this. And, and again, there is management at Epcot that believes in this character and wants the same thing we want. They want a new version of that classic ride. And we are on that road. Ladies and gentlemen, get in that line. Go meet Figment. Give him a hug and, and do your part to bring our Lord and Savior back to the glory he deserves uh, and, and that attraction. And we'd like the Dreamfinder back too, mind you, as well. But this is, uh, you know, it was emotional. for When he came out on stage at, at the event, I, I cried. I absolutely cried. That was, that's my childhood. That's the reason I'm sitting here. Um, I don't know if it wasn't for that ride if I would love Disney World the way I did, and obviously my whole life would be very different. Um, that, that attraction meant everything to me. And I know there's so many of you at home that it's the same. And there's so many of you that maybe never got to experience that still love this character. And I'm not trying to lessen your, you know, connection to the character either. Um, but I hope for you, like for me and you, that you get to see a great version of this attraction with this character. Because it deserves it. He is the mascot, essentially, of Walt Disney Imagineering. He is, you know, he, he is Epcot. And Epcot is Walt's last great dream. It's such an important, it's the heart of Walt Disney World. And, uh, you know, if, he, if, if Epcot is the heart of Walt Disney World, Figment is the soul. And it's important. It's important that that soul lives on. So make it happen. Let's go, Daddy Josh. Come on. <laughs> Give me my ride. We'll move on. Uh, during the, a later presentation at Destination D23, Epcot always in a state of becoming, it was announced that Soren is getting a throwback to celebrate Disney 100. That's right, Soren Around the World will transition back to Soren over California starting on September 22nd, 2023, the same day of those other Disney 100 celebrations begin at the park. This is stated to be temporary for the 100th anniversary celebration, but an end date was not announced. The original version of Soren debuted at California Adventure in 2001, then came to Epcot when it opened in 2005. Soren Around the World replaced the California version at both parks when Shanghai Disney opened in 2016. Soren Over California has returned temporarily to DCA during the Food and Wine Festival over the years. This is the first time, though, it's coming back to Epcot. And again, ladies and gentlemen, another sign that they're listening. How many of you sit there and are like, I like Soren Around the World, but man, I really miss the old Soren. It's way better. Here you go. Here's another, another thing you asked for. You're getting it. Were we still angry? We still angry in this? We still complaining on the internet, guys? They're, they're listening, right? Moving on. Ahsoka Tano is coming to Star Tours. The adventures continue at most Disney parks next year, next spring, in fact. During that presentation, again, at Destination D23, Josh Morrow announced that Ahsoka will be joining the Star Tours attraction at Hollywood Studios, Disneyland Park, and Disneyland Paris. No word for Tokyo Disneyland. Further details on the addition of the Star, of the Star Wars heroine to the attraction have not been revealed. You may remember uh, many, many months ago, they did say there were new adventures coming to Star Tours, new destinations, and then um, it's been a while since we've heard anything. So this is the first time anyone said what any of those things will be. And so Ahsoka, and we would assume... Again, assumption, I'm, this is not a thing we know. We assume destinations from the Ahsoka series 
will be in there. There could certainly be more. There could be stuff from Mandalorian. There could be other stuff. But what we know for now is Ahsoka will be in the attraction. A Zootopia 3D show is in the works for the Tree of Life at Disney's Animal Kingdom. They announced this at D23 as well. The show will replace It's Tough to Be a Bug. The show would explore the biomes from Zootopia, both familiar and brand new, and will feature characters from the 2016 film, like Judy Hopps, Nick Wilde, and more. Additional characters including the concept art include Gazelle, Chief Bogo, Flash, Priscilla, and others as well. Uh, as, of course, the, the final product may not reflect the concept art. Disney was careful to say that. The attraction will additionally feature an Officer Clawhauser audio animatronic, which is also seen in the concept art. Obviously, we've seen this figure already. Uh, it was previewed for Shanghai Disneyland. It would be the same one. They do that a lot. Uh, Disney also quelled the concerns of some fans by announcing that Zootopia theming and attractions will not be coming to the area of Animal Kingdom currently occupied by Dinoland USA, an idea that was introduced as part of those Blue Sky concepts back at, De uh, back at D23 Expo in 2022. Some question the film's fit into the animal and conservation-centric park, as well as Zootopia features animals, its allegorical themes and messages are very human in nature. So... No more Zootopia land at Walt Disney World. Instead, a new show replacing It's Tough to Be a Bug. And this is not Blue Sky. They didn't say this was Blue Sky. This is a thing that is happening for sure. So It's Tough to Be a Bug gone, Zootopia show here. I'm going to leave my thoughts on this for after we talk about the next story because there, there's they all connect. So let's talk about the next story. Guests were also given a revised peek at the Blue Sky plans for a project at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Of course, the transformation of Dinoland USA into a new land uh, themed to the tropical Americas now. The land would feature stories from the Encanto and Indiana Jones franchises. From Disney, quote, at Destination D23 2023, it was announced that Walt Disney Imagineering is planning to reimagine Dinoland USA at Animal Kingdom into a new land inspired by a region sometimes referred to as Tropical Americas. As part of their research, Imagineers are looking at some of the most biodiverse areas on the planet in the regions just north and south of the equator in the Western Hemisphere, the northern part of South America stretching up into Central America. New experiences inspired by Encanto, the Academy Award-winning Walt Disney Animation Studios film, and the fan-favorite adventurer Indiana Jones are being considered for the reimagined land at Animal Kingdom at the Walt Disney World Resort. Though no further details have been released, the Tropical America Land concept art you're looking at now features a, uh, the casita from Encanto, surrounded by a pink-hued river inspired by the Caño Cristales in Colombia. Often called the River of Five Colors, Melted Rainbow, or Liquid Rainbow, this remote, pristine river in the Serrania de la Macarena mountain range gets its name from an aquatic plant called Macarena. Oh, boy. They're making me work today, folks. Called Macarena clavigera uh, that changes color dramatically throughout the year. The clear waters of the river seem to flow in shades of blue, maroon, yellow, red, light green, and even the hot pink you're seeing in the image. And while we didn't see any specific details in the Tropical Americas concept art that indicates specific Indiana Jones attractions, many of the buildings appear to be right at home in an Indiana Jones film. The dinosaur attraction at Animal Kingdom is, uh, utilizes the same track layout and ride system as the Indiana Jones Adventure at Disneyland that opened a few years before it. The current concept art does show where dinosaur is being rethemed to an Indiana Jones attraction. So what we're looking at here is dinosaur would become an Indiana Jones adventure type ride, which 
We'll get into the, the story of that in a minute. And then di where Dino-Rama is, specifically where Primeval World was, is where the Casita from Encanto would be. There is a covered, there's an interesting covered structure where Triceratops spin kind of is. Um, and we don't really know what that is. And then the entry land, what's funny about this is uh, Chester and Hester's Dinosaur Treasures, the store, um, is definitely still there. And even the billboard outside is. And it, you think about it, you're like, oh, the metal roof and, and the billboard and stuff, that, that's not outside of what you would find in Central and South America um, architecturally. And the same could be said for some of the facade of Restaurantosaurus. And so those buildings are there. There are some modifications, but they're there um, in that art. The other interesting thing is the entrance does not really look like, it doesn't really look like the town um, where the Casita and the family Madrigal live. It doesn't really look like anything at Indiana Jones. It, it kind of looks like Santa Cecilia from Coco. They didn't mention Coco, so I'd be, I wouldn't be willing to say it's Coco but the bell tower and stuff does make me feel that way. Um, so we'll have to wait and see exactly what's going up there. But maybe, again, based on the feedback they were given on the last Blue Sky, I think people were very much like, oh, this doesn't fit into the story of Animal Kingdom. It's not what Animal Kingdom is about. So maybe I would like to believe that this central area is more about the region and will be home to animal and other, you know, uh, other exhibits, maybe of flora and fauna, that are indicative of the region, right? I would like to believe that. And then Disney's thing is like, well, yeah, we still want IP attractions, so we're still putting these. But in the center, we will more embody what Animal Kingdom is about, right? Um, and so here's what happened. Now, you may remember the original plan was Moana would replace Dino-Rama. There'd be a land with a Kakamora-type spinner ride, um, which was Triceratops spin, and then a Moana boat ride. And then Zootopia was in the back using the dinosaur ride system, essentially to make a different version of that Zootopia hot pursuit attraction that's opening in Shanghai, um, and then having the Zootopia land around it. Um, and again, they got this feedback and they examined and redesigned the project. Um, and then they decided, well, we still want Zootopia in this park, so maybe we instead use Zootopia to teach people about biomes, and we'll put that in the tree of life for this bug show that a lot of people dislike, because a lot of people are afraid of bugs. I personally love it's tough to be a bug. I'm heartbroken that it's closing, but I totally get it. It's one of those things where I don't really want it to happen, but I totally understand why it has to, and I'm willing to accept that. I love Zootopia. I'm going to say this. Um, be careful what you wish for. Um, I liked the original plan. I thought the Zootopia Moana thing made sense. Look, Zootopia is not about conservation. But the park is literally inspired by Walt Disney's fascination with animals. And the story of Walt Disney and animals begins with animation, right? And, and it was, the, they, they worked on Bambi. In order to make Bambi, they brought in real reference. And they did it, for, people forget they did it for Fantasia too. They, had, they went to visit like hippos so they can draw hyacinth. Even though they were going to draw ballerina hippos, they still went, and like studied real animals and, and drew inspiration from them for Fantasia. Never mind, they did the same thing for Bambi, right? And that inspiration continued up to Lion King, where they did the same thing, where they brought a real life lion into the animation studio. And Lion King is the direct inspiration for the park. Lion King is the reason the park exists. That's why it was built. That was a huge hit. And it was a great inspiration for this Disney's connection with animals. Um, you know, they, technically, they began the they began the the uh, 
you know, process of creating Animal Kingdom before Lion King, but that was really, once Lion King hit, it was like full steam ahead at that point. And Lion King, obviously, a very important part of the park. Um, so uh, Zootopia is that same thing. Zootopia does not have a different... Festival of the Lion King does not celebrate conservation. It's a Lion King musical show. Finding Nemo the Musical does not celebrate conservation. It's a musical show about an animal film. And that's fine in the park. The park, not every single thing in the park has to be about conservation. It can be about the human relationship with animals. And part of that fascination with animals is the need to humanize them, right? And that's what Zootopia is about. Zootopia is a celebration of, of man's fascination with the, the animal world. So is that that bad? And then Moana... I'm going to tell you the same thing I said last time. I think Moana was a great fit. It's about humans' relationship with the water and oceans. How is that not about conservation? That movie's actually about conserving the natural world. I, I don't understand how that didn't fit, and I hate to tell you folks, and some of you may not like this. I'm going to call a couple of you out. You know, I, I think you were wrong to complain about this. I, I think it fit the theme better. You know what two movies I don't think fit this park at all? Encanto and Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is not a, a conservationist. He kind of hates a lot of animals. He doesn't like snakes. He gets into precarious positions with rats and bugs and other things. He's, he's an archeologist. Also on top of that, we're gonna build Indiana Jones in this park and we're gonna bulldoze the boneyard. We're not going to retheme this to an, an ex, a, a dig site for Indiana Jones. We're not going to have an Indiana Jones themed playground for kids. Come on. What are we doing? The other thing, like, be careful what you wish for. I know people are still angry about dinosaur closing. How many, for how long have people compared dinosaur to Indiana Jones and gone on and on? Oh, Indiana Jones is way better. I wish we had Indiana Jones. They should just change it to Indiana Jones. Here it is. They're giving it to you. This is what you asked for. And, and now a lot of people aren't happy about it. What do you want? Like, what do you, look, I have, I have been one of the harshest critics of this company for the 16 years I've done this. But I think I've been very fair. I think when I have a problem, it's very fair. And I think I try to give them credit where credit is due when they try to do the right thing. And you know, I didn't, I didn't you know, the Zootopia Moana thing, I, I thought was the right call. And I, I don't think this is the right call. I think Zootopia and the Tree of Life is weird. I think Indiana Jones in this park makes no sense whatsoever. It should go at studios. Just, just, just take all the stuff out of Dinosaur and put whatever you can recycle at studio. Put the ride at studios, please. Um, and Encanto doesn't belong here either. I stand by, I mean, Encanto didn't belong at Magic Kingdom. It doesn't belong in Animal Kingdom. It belongs at Epcot. There should be a Columbia Pavilion, right? Like this is... We don't even know that this is a ride. And if it is just a walk through the house or a meet and greet facility, then it, it makes sense there. Like, what do people love about Columbia? When, when I think of Columbia, the things I think about are uh, the culture. I think about you know, incredible music and incredible cuisine. And that, to me, screams Epcot, right? That's the thing. Think about the Mexico Pavilion. It's, it's about you know, these loved, the loved foods of this culture and the drinks, margaritas, right, and, and tequila. Cava del Tequila, right? People love that. And the other side of it is the music. Mariachi Cobre, one of the, the, the greatest things in the history of Epcot, one of the greatest entertainment acts in the history of Disney parks. Um, 
that could be an incredible basis for a Colombia pavilion. You draw people in with Encanto, and then you have a Colombian restaurant, which I would adore, and a, a Colombian you know, music group. It'd be tremendous. It'd be, it'd be fantastic. Uh, does it make sense in Animal Kingdom? No. It makes no sense. Because she has one brother that speaks to animals? That's a conservation message? It's not. It's absolutely not. Um, so I'm. let me know in the comments how you feel. I was happier with plan one. I don't like plan two. But they listened, right? You can't say they didn't listen. Everyone complained, and they buckled. And I think it's the one time they shouldn't have. I think they should have moved forward what they had. And I, again, the Zootopia Tree Life show, I think, is super weird. Why is Clawhauser coming out of the, the roots of a tree? What, they, live in a, they live in a town, they live in a city populated by animals where they've built their own buildings. Why, why is he in the tree of life? And why is it hosted by a cop? Why is a cop leopard hosting a show about biomes in the tree of life? This makes even less sense. At least if it was a separate land, it's like, here's a land that celebrates man's fascination with animals and the need to humanize them. That's, that's perfect, and it's cute. It's like, oh, they, things are inspired by giraffes. Things are inspired by elephants. It's, it, it, it fits the park way more than this Tree of Life thing, way more than Indiana Jones, which, don't get me wrong, I love Indiana Jones. I love those movies. I love that character. I am all for more Indiana Jones in the parks. I'm all for more Indiana Jones that makes sense. And Encanto, look, I've said my piece on Encanto. I think it's a fad. I don't think it's the staying power of Frozen or Tangled or Moana or Coco. I don't think it matches any of those in staying power or merchandise sales or cultural relevance. I think they had a couple of songs that were tremendous hits, and they're great pieces of music, don't get me wrong, but I don't think there's a whole lot on, uh, there, there's not a whole lot of meat on that bone for me, and I don't know that I've seen enough from the public that they care to that level too. I think there was an initial frenzy, and it has not remained. I have not seen that merchandise fly off shelves. I have not seen people absolutely go crazy about the character, uh, the Mirabelle character in the park since like the initial rush. And the initial rush for her at Disneyland was no larger than it was for Raya when Raya first got there. People are just excited to meet new characters when they're new, right? Um, you know, so we'll we'll see. But I. I don't know how I feel about this animal. Look, let's, and let's get another thing straight. Look, I love Dino Land. I love the backstory. I love the weird theme. I love Dinosaur to Death. It is kooky 90s Disney at its best. That pre-show is magnificent. It's a lot of fun. But it's clear, watch guests in there. They have no idea what's going on. They don't connect to it. They walk off the ride and they're like, I don't even know what that is, what that was. They, they clearly don't, they don't get what's going on back there, and they're not, it's not doing well with regular guests. Like, we love it, but it's clear, like, that land is just not working for people, right? It's time. It's, you know, it's like, same thing with Maelstrom. Like, I love Maelstrom to death. I miss Maelstrom dearly, but it was too weird. It was too weird after time was like, it's time to move on. Like, it's, it, it, this isn't, regular guests do not go on this and get anything out of it. Guests that aren't perennial guests like us don't. Same with Dinosaur. Same with Dinorama. They don't go there and are like, oh, that's so cool. How, what a fun land. It has not had that staying power. It's something has to happen there for sure. Is it this? 
I guess it is. But, I mean, they certainly could change this plan again. I kind of hope they do, but with the Zootopia show going forward, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Let me know in the comments if you agree or disagree. You can call me names if you want. <laughs> I know people are mad at me about it. It's fine. Also at the event, tomorrow announced that Asha from Disney's new film Wish will be arriving to Epcot, Disneyland, and Disneyland Paris for meet and greets. Also at the event, she made her debut on stage. The people got to see the character up close. Of course, Wish uses a mix of 2D and 3D animation as an homage to Disney's animation history. It celebrates 100 years of animation in the company. It features original songs by Julia Michaels and Benjamin Rice and a score by David Metzger of Tarzan, Frozen, and Frozen 2 fame. Um, and the film will come out later this year. A new world jumping vehicle was finally shown for the uh, new attraction coming to Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure, that multiverse ride, if you will. An early peek of the ride vehicle was shared, featuring a design that combines elements of Tony Stark's time suits with Xandarian jump points and Wakandan technology. This new vehicle will help transport superheroes into the multiverse to battle King Thanos. More details on this high-tech vehicle will be shared at a later date. I'm excited about this. It looks like it might be a new ride system. And if it is, uh, color me excited. Um, you know, Avengers Campus is awful. I hate Avengers Campus. I hate both of them. They're both kind of junky. I don't like the theme. They didn't build much to it. It's not particularly pretty. Um, I have a lot of problems with both Avengers Campus. But this is, for me, as, as not the world's most hardcore Avengers fan, I think this is what people wanted. People want a ride where a bunch of heroes are there and you're in the middle of the fight with them against a villain you recognize and know and want to be in the middle of that fight with. And Thanos is that villain, for sure. I mean, one of the highest grossing films of all... Is it, it's, it, it's still the highest grossing film of all time? Endgame, I think? I don't know. <laughs> not checking right now. Um, but either way, I mean, this is what people actually want out of a Marvel land. And so I think it's great that they're, they're going to build something that people actually want. The Spider-Man ride didn't turn out to be what people actually wanted. It was kind of a dud. And the rest of the land was kind of a dud, too. So um, I'm on board. I'm excited. I am dying to know what this ride system is. Um, it kind of looks like Spider-Man at, at Universal in that it's kind of it, like the top is open, but the sides are kind of enclosed. It looks like the sides are high. So I'm curious if it's, are they building kind of a Spider-Man ride or is this something completely new we haven't? seen before. I think it's definitely something we haven't seen from Disney, at least it looks like, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Disney Parks fans have long anticipated the opening of the World of Frozen expansion at Hong Kong Disneyland, and they won't have to wait much longer. Disney announced on September 8th edition of Good Morning America that the frozen theme land will officially open at Hong Kong Disneyland on November 20th, 2023. World of Frozen will have its own version of Frozen Ever After, the attraction that replaced Maelstrom at Epcot at Walt Disney World. And unlike the Epcot counterpart, though, the World of Frozen version will have a non-screen-faced animatronic. So the, the faces of the animatronics are actually articulated. They're physical. They're really there. They look great, by the way. The World of Frozen will feature two additional attractions, Wandering Oak and Sliding Sleighs and Playhouse in the Woods. The former is a roller coaster through the mountains with a themed queue and, according to the land's lore, was built by Oaken himself, presumably between his shifts at his shop. Playhouse in the Woods is an interactive experience for children to celebrate Summer Snow Day, an event being celebrated throughout the entire land. Arendelle World of Frozen will also have several shops and restaurants, including the Golden Crocus Inn. And guests at Destination D23 received a special glimpse inside World of Frozen. It was the first look at the land at night, in fact, and it looks absolutely stunning, including a night view of an icy fountain inside the land. 
Uh, Arendelle Castle's dramatic night view reflected in the Arendelle Lagoon marks the first view of the castle from this angle ahead of the opening. And bunting featuring art from the films hangs in the area, adding detail to the land uh, near the entrance to the World of Frozen's coaster. The area's waterfall was featured in the announcements as well. In the concert art, we can see the mist from the waterfall near the coaster to the right. And that section of the track appears to be the image from the announcements you're looking at now. Uh, the bridge on the right of the concept art would yield the view pictured. Guests also got a closer look at Elsa's ice palace, its spires appearing carved by her magic icy powers into the frozen side of the North Mountain. November 20th, I'm proud to announce I'm, I'm all booked, so I will be there for the opening of World of Frozen in Hong Kong, even though I think I have a total of three days I could possibly spend there before I need to be back here at work. Uh, but we will be there, folks, so stay tuned. We'll be there to bring you all of the grand opening festivities and show you all these new attractions in the first ever frozen theme land at any Disney park. Speaking of frozen theme lands, though, another one's being built at Disneyland Paris, and they shared a sneak peek at the construction progress uh, of their attraction and land, as well as a first look at the audio animatronic for Kristoff that's coming to the Kingdom of Arendelle. Of course, this is a new themed land being built as part of their reimagining of Walt Disney Studios Park. We assume this figure will look the same as well in the Hong Kong version of the ride. Basically, it's the figure from the Florida attraction, but again, with a physical face. He looks great. Disney also shared a look inside the Disneyland Hotel at Disneyland Paris as it undergoes its renovation and remodeling. The company shared a video during the presentation at Destination D23 of uh, what was going on. Uh, set designer Thomas Muller uh, described the renovation as a royal transformation. The hotel will transport guests into the world of many royal Disney characters from Walt Disney Animation Studios films with rooms themed to various Disney princesses. The company shared looks, uh, a look at the work going on in the lobby. Muller also talked about the Royal Banquet Restaurant, describing it as a grand reception hall with four different rooms, each of them celebrating one different aspect of royalty. He shared that the restaurant will be celebrating Disney films such as The Princess and the Frog, Robin Hood, and The Emperor's New Groove. Disneyland Hotel at Disneyland Paris is scheduled to reopen in the first quarter of 2024, meaning sometime between January and March. The exact reopening date of the Disneyland Hotel and more information will be released when bookings open on September 12th. Disney Cruise Line's new destination on the island of Eleuthera has a name. It's Disney Lookout Key at Lighthouse Point. Disney has been developing a private Disney Cruise Line destination at Lighthouse Point for years, with construction on the project starting in March of 2022 after its initial announcement in 2019. At the Destination D23 event, uh, they decided to finally provide us with the name for the first time. It'll be Disney's second private destination in the Bahamas, joining Castaway Key. Uh, uh, Disney Cruise Line will start sailing to Disney Lookout Key at Lighthouse Point in 2024, uh, with cruises visiting the destination currently being offered on the Disney Magic for June in a preview cruise. Disney Cruise Line also announced the name of its seventh ship joining the fleet. The newest ship joining the fleet is the Disney Adventure. Work is currently underway on the ship, previously known as the Global Dream in Germany. This will be the first Disney ship to sail from Singapore and throughout Southeast Asia. As expected, it will feature the Disney service, storytelling, and entertainment the cruise line is known for. No timeline for when the ship will sail with guests was shared. Previously, Disney had said 2025. There are reports and rumors going around that it's delayed till 2026, but we don't know. Of course, the Global Dream was a ship already built that was purchased by Disney in 2022 as an unfinished 19-story vessel filled with various amenities and a capacity of 6,000 guests. It was confirmed that it began its transformation into what will now be the Disney Adventure in August of 2023. Also now, this is Ship 7 now which is interesting because we assumed Ship 7 would still be 
whatever is in the wish class after the treasure, because it's the wish to the treasure. There's a third one. But this is going to debut, I guess, before that third ship now. And so the Disney adventure is ship seven, uh, even though it is a ship that began its life as a Disney ship after um, the announcement of, the, of what will be ship eight now, which we still don't have a name for. Um, yeah, Disney adventure. Wrapping up our coverage of Destination D23, Josh Damaro, of course, announced a lot of things on stage, but he also made a promise. He promised guests that more shows, lands, and characters are coming to Disney parks around the world. He noted the parks will be expanding for the next decade and beyond, uh, bigger, uh, bigger than ever, really and truly. Um, again, Josh said this at, at D23 Expo as well, and so it just means, again, they're announcing what they can to this point, but they have... He said specifically they have billions more dollars to invest around the world in the next 10 years, so there's much more to come. And I think, again, this instills optimism, right? We are seeing a lot of, uh, I think, I think uh, you know, a couple of years ago, every announcement they made I was pretty negative about because I didn't agree with, I think, almost all of them. But I think, you know, for the most part, a vast majority of what was said uh, at this presentation I was happy about. Right, and then this this commitment beyond that, that more is to come. I think it's a very exciting time to watch and see if Disney can really turn the parks around after five or more years of things being particularly rough. We'll wait and see what happens. Disney has announced the dates for the D23 2024, and if you're wondering why that sounds weird, it's because that was supposed to be D23 Expo, but they've renamed it. The event will take place August 9th, 10th, and 11th in Anaheim, California. And on the official Disney D23 account on X, they said it's no longer just an expo, but a Disney fan event like no other. Though not officially starting until August 9th, next year's event will also commence at Disneyland Resort in the parks on August 8th. Uh, no further details on that were provided, but it seems like maybe the park will be open only to uh, those attending D23. It's a pretty exciting thing. Disney is marketing next year's event again as D23, the ultimate Disney fan event, a departure from the D23 Expo branding, which has existed uh, since 2009. Next year's event and, and, uh, will feature shows and entertainment options and at the Honda Center, an 18,000-plus seat arena located roughly 10 minutes away from the Anaheim Convention Center, will be utilized. The larger presentation and panels will take place inside the arena. Quick thing. Some, again... They're finally listening, right? If you've been to D23 Expo, you know people's had to sleep on the floor to get a seat at even just parks and resorts, the movie presentations, the Marvel, any of those big presentations. People slept on the floor overnight because there wasn't enough room for everyone attending. Kudos to Disney renting out the Honda Center. 18,000 seats should be more than enough. I don't need to be in the front row. I think like many of you, I, if I'm going to the event, I just want to be in the room where it happens, to quote Hamilton, right? Um, this is this is great. In addition, there will also be a special D23 Day at Angel Stadium where D23 fans are invited to attend the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim versus the New York Mets on August 4th. Tickets will go on sale for the event next spring with ticketing options to be shared at a later date for access to the Anaheim Convention Center and the Honda Center. Admission for D23 Day at Angel Stadium and the kickoff celebration at Disneyland will be offered as separate ticketed events. Those interested can sign up to receive event updates via email as well as book hotel rooms for the event at Disneyland Resort Hotels or nearby Good Neighbor Hotels. More details for D23. The ultimate Disney fan event will be announced in early 20, 2024. And obviously, this will be a time when we'll get updates on some of that Blue Sky stuff and more Disney Parks announcements. 
Quick plugs. I know we, this has been a very long show, but a couple things I want to talk about real quick. Disneyland news that, that cannot wait till Thursday's show. Uh, quickly, we tried every single item at Tiana's Palace, now open at Disneyland. Uh, Megan and Allie did a great job. Please go watch that review right here on the channel. Another review they also did, which I know has gotten lost in the shuffle of all. We have had a ton of content coming out in the last two weeks. Another thing I lost in the shuffle, they tried every single new Halloween item at Disneyland Resort, all the food, drinks, and snacks. Please go watch that as well. Please go check that out. Deeply appreciate it. We appreciate the support. Let them know how they're doing. I know they're, they're a new tandem. Um, I, I think they're doing a great job, but let us know uh, what you think of the new content. General Hera Syndulla and her droid C-110P, a.k.a. Chopper, have arrived in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland Park to coincide with the ongoing Ahsoka series on Disney+. We encountered General Syndulla and Chopper at Black Spire Outpost outside the Droid Depot, which Chopper tried to enter. We caught their first appearance of the day at about 2.30 p.m. Hera wears her brown bomber jacket, orange pants, and brown headgear with goggles, and the orange in her outfit matches Chopper, who's an orange and white astromech droid. Uh, the General and her droid friend first appeared in Star Wars Rebels before making the live-action leap to Ahsoka. For the absolute latest on all these stories and all that didn't make it into today's show, and trust me, a lot of stuff didn't because of all this Destination D stuff, be sure to check WWNT.com and follow us on all your favorite social media platforms. You can support the entire team behind this show and others by joining the WDWNT Interglobe Society at Patreon.com slash WDWNT. Get access to exclusive content, discounted show and event tickets, and more. Special shout-out to all of you, our WIGS members, who make this show happen every week, and also... Uh, help send us around the world to cover all these land openings, including uh, the world of Frozen in Hong Kong. For the worldwide leader in Disney Parks news, this is Tom Corliss saying, enjoy the rest of your today, and have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Welcome to Deep in the Plus. Each week, join host Rob Whiteside as he and a panel of Disney superfans take a different movie or TV show from the Disney Plus catalog. They'll tell you its history, details, and give their review so you'll know if it's worth your time. Current shows, classic movies, and everything in between. Watch Deep in the Plus live Wednesday nights at 9 Eastern for new episodes. Or catch Deep in the Plus anytime on YouTube on WDWNT-TV.